6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 10 through 14. The New Testament also tells us the tongue is the ready and willing instrument to talk about our neighbor behind his back. And the injury is enormous. And uh, even Paul corrects the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 12, he says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you as I would, such as I would, but and that, I shall, uh, that I shall be found unto you such as ye would not. Lest there be debates and envyings and wraths and strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, and he goes on with the list. That doesn't describe any of our fellowships, I'm sure, but I thought I'd include it here. Leviticus 19.16 says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Notice the tales don't have to be untrue to be hurtful. Gossip does not have to be false to be injurious. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of the faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Proverbs 11.13, we'll get that later in Proverbs. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Proverbs 18.8. In chapter 20, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Watch out for the one that the flatterer. Watch out for the flatterer. That tells there's a weakness of character that's betraying that will turn on you before it's all over. I love these three that are in uh, Proverbs 26. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. We've all experienced that, right? But what's it really talking about? So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to a fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. There's an echo of that same perception. Remember Jesus? She, he commented on this too. Remember? Talking about the woman that caught in adultery. And this they said, tempting him that they might accuse him. Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. We all know that. This is the only occasion we, no, this is the second occasion. This is the second occasion that we find Jesus writing with his finger. Do you know that? Many people say the first, I almost said it here. This second time was in sand. The first time he wrote with his finger was in stone. In Exodus 4, or wherever, yeah, 20, Exodus 20. What is a true friend? One who doesn't require explanations. Think about that. One who gives the benefit of the doubt. I have people, I have friends in the ministry. Someone come up to you, you hear what so and so just did? I don't need to. He's my friend. 
Period. New paragraph. What else do you want to talk about? One who is loyal and shuns any form of betrayal. There's a, ver there's a little poem I'd like to just share with you called I Hear It Said. You'll find it in any anthology of poetry, probably, American poetry. Last night, my friend, he says he's my friend, came in and questioned me. I hear it said that you've done this or that. I came to ask, are these things true? A glint was in his eye of small distrust. His words were crisp and hot. He measured me with anger and flung down a little heap of facts that had come to him. I heard it said that you've done this and that. Suppose I have. And are you not my friend? And are you not my friend enough to say, if it were true, there'd be a reason in it? And if I cannot know the how and why, still I can trust you waiting for a word and, or for no word if no word ever come. Is friendship just a thing of afternoons? of pleasuring one's friend and one's dear self, greed for sedate approval of his pace, suspicion if he take one little turn upon the road, one flight into the air, and has not sought you for your yea or nay? No, friendship is not so. I am my own. And howsoever near my friend may draw unto my soul, there is a legend hung above a certain straight and narrow way that says, Dear my friend, ye may not enter here. I would the time has come, and it is not. When men shall rise and say, he's my friend, has he done this? And what is that to me? Think you I have a check upon his head or cast a guiding rein across his neck? I'm his friend. And for that cause, I walk not over close beside him, leaving still space for his silences and space for mine. Thought I'd just throw that in as it's included with the course. No problem. Moving on in Proverbs 10. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It is a sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. And so, when God gives you a blessing, it'll be trouble-free. When riches come bound up with some bundle of worries and fear, they can never satisfy. Riches from God don't bring with it apprehensions. And, uh, you know, if we enjoy as well as what we dislike, both of those are a measure of our character, what we enjoy and what we dislike. And uh, moving on, a whirlwind passes, and so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. You know, it's really, if you really have your heart set on eternity and our king, and you really use that as your yardstick of relevance here on the earth, boy, does that change things. Um, that which is wicked, that which is hurtful, is temporary. It's going to be gone. Righteousness is an everlasting foundation. And here's, <laughs> as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. <laughs> Irritations. <laughs> so is the person that dawdles. You ever send someone an errand and find him ineffectual? Like, it's vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes. So is the sluggard to them that send him. 
The fear of the Lord prolongeth his days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. Again, it's an expression of confidence in God's righteousness. The way of the Lord is a strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Boy, we need to have more confidence in that. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inherit the earth. Actually, inhabit the earth. Shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the proward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh perverseness. Frowardness. Perverseness. And uh, it's interesting that these Proverbs link speech with consequence. Linking speech with consequence. And there's something very strange about speech. It's like toothpaste out of a tube. Boy, how many times we wish we've been a little slower because you can't put it back in the tube. Once it's out there, it's out there. Well, moving on, chapter 11. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. You know, Leviticus 19 forbids the use of dishonest standards. And you and I cannot be too careful in, de- in, our, in fair dealing with others. In the Talmud, it has precise prescriptions of how often once a week they had to you know, wipe their weights and all the, 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 the procedures are very express as to how they made sure their balances that were used in commerce were fair, not depriving the, the merchant or the customer of what, what, what was appropriate. And... Uh, False balance is abomination of the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That obviously isn't just about scales or just about yardsticks used in commerce. It's a principle. And uh, very interesting. So I, I've had the privilege of being mentored by a number of the great men of commerce. And I won't bore you with the details, but one of the things that fascinated me to learn very early that a transaction that's not a good deal for your adversary is not a good deal for you either. The smart guys on serious negotiations always pursue the reality check from both sides of the table. I can remember when I was at Ford Motor Company and I'd be sitting down with Ed Hayes of Kelsey Hayes about a brake problem. Our engineers would visit his plants to make sure that the fix that we decided would not only fix the problem that we're dealing with, but would also be profitable for him. We would put engineers out there to make sure the fix was profitable. Why would we do that? Because if it wasn't, he'd cut corners later. He'd be bound to. He wouldn't try. It wouldn't be just his work. In other words, unless it's a good deal within the structure, it wouldn't, it wouldn't survive the year. So it was, it was astonishing to discover in the hard-nosed world of practical economics, the smart vendor, uh, 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 customer, you know, uh, primes, make sure their subcontractors are making. That was one of the great things when we dealt with Boeing. I was, we had a highly classified contract with Boeing, and uh, it was interesting. It was very hard to qualify to be a supplier to them, but once you're par- there, you were a partner. And they made sure that it, was, it would work out for both sides. It was, there were no such things as one-sided deals within the family, so to speak. Anyway, moving on. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Boy, when pride cometh. There's pride. Pride lurks throughout this book as an adversary. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. 
but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. You know, it's astonishing to me. I could also give you some Wall Street examples of people who were crooked. And it was interesting to see cases, I could give you anecdotal cases, where their own perverseness is what was their own undoing. Their own undoing. It's hard to talk about this without talking specifics, and that would be gossip, so I'll move on. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. That's pretty straightforward. The righteousness of the perfect, or complete, shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. There again is an echo of the same principle. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but the transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. And when you see the word wicked, you can also substitute the word lawless. Same thing would fit. And uh, when a wicked man dieth, his expect- expectation shall perish, but the hope of unjust men perisheth. <laughs> and you can't read these, these, some of these without thinking of Haman. Remember Haman and his contriving to, to get Mordecai uh, and how that all boomeranged on him where he was hung, as your translation would have it, he was hung on the very gallows that he had erected for Mordecai in, a, in, a, in, a, in an eloquent, delightful, dramatic uh, ellipsis there. There's a translational problem. They weren't gallows, they were piercings. The Persians used piercings, crucifixions, but the, uh, I won't get into that here. Okay, um, and uh, the righteous are delivered out of trouble and uh, I have a cutoff here. Okay. The, uh, a hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Now, the hypocrite is, uh, is uh, well, we know what hypocrites are. Let's see, okay. Uh, uh, boy, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I think of hypocrites, see, the term actually comes from the theater. You know, speak, and yet, uh, how interesting it is how that also characterize, characterizes the entertainment industry. Um, I have a, a personal theory that when you spend your energies, uh, your career, pretending to be somebody else, you may lose control of who you really are. And... Uh, but anyway, when it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth, and when the wicked perish, there is shouting. And uh, so, why is that true? Why is it that when the righteous things go well, the city rejoices? And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. Why is that? Because our conduct affects everybody. If you're a businessman producing a profit in your enterprise, the whole community is benefiting by it. And uh, when you see uh, an a enterprise properly run and prospering, that, it, that, has, that, that creates a well-being for the customers that benefit by those products and services, by the employees who have employment, by the suppliers who have a customer, etc., Peter Drucker, one of the most prolific management writers uh, of our day, uh, uh, pointed out that to create a product not making a profit should be a sin, should be a crime. If I have a cup here, 
that's a product, and let's assume there's a dollar's worth of material, and let's assume there was a dollar's worth of labor to go in that cup. If I sell that cup for less than $2, that's a crime because I won't stay in business. It's a crime to my customers. Who won't, I won't be there when they come back for more. I won't be there for my suppliers who, have, who need a place to sell the plastic or whatever. I, I won't be there. I, I won't be returning a proper return to my investors who got behind me so, and my employees who are helping me are going to be without a job. You ever stop to think about that, that, that profit to make this, the, the, this if, if I, it takes a dollar's worth of material and a dollar's worth of uh, labor, if I don't sell it for more than $2, I'm, I'm destroying value. Because in separate, they're worth a dollar each. If I put them together, they're le worth less than $2, I've created, in a I may, I've created an economic crime. And it's astonishing how many people don't understand that that healthy enterprises are essential for a healthy community. What goes well with the righteous, I'm not talking about cheating, I'm not talking about you know, uh, inappropriate behavior, I'm talking about just a healthy, well-managed enterprise is a blessing to the community, to the employees, to the customers, to the suppliers, to the investors that are involved. So when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there's shouting for lots of reasons. But anyway, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted but is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. They all flow. You get the, I, I don't have to... to uh, see, the, bear in mind, too, you know, the businessman is the one that's going to be supporting the... Uh, employing others, supporting the schools and the government with his taxes. And, and, uh, uh, and in the Old Testament tradition especially, he shares his generosity. Okay, verse 12. He that is void, devoid, he that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Again, there's that gossip overtone in it. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but that he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. We talked about that earlier. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Boy, that's important. You have an issue or an idea, there is a benefit in getting a multitude of advice. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. Boy, how tragic it is. We're experiencing that at the, on, at, at the national level. We have an incredibly misguided foreign policy, or lack thereof, lack of any policy. Our present administration is a far cry uh, more righteous than the previous one, on the one hand. On the other hand, it has put us on a collision course with God. And so we watch that with obviously great concern. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We're getting some, some very key people in key places are getting very bad advice, unfortunately. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. This echoes some things we talked about in that first chapter. My Jewish friends explained to me what a guarantor is. That's a schmuck with a pen, you know. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and a strong man retain wit riches. A gracious woman retaineth honor. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. See, all these things come back. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. This is a commitment to sound, solid uh, commitments. He that soweth right shall be a sure reward. The righteous tendeth to life, and so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. 
they that are of a froward or perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord. Boy, that's a, that's a scary phrase. To be an abomination to the ruler of the universe? Man, doesn't get any worse than that. But sure as are upright in their way are his delight. You know, that's so neat. You know, if you've ever been in a large organization and you suddenly discover that there's now a new, new chief executive running the company, everybody in the company tries to figure out who is he, what's his background, what are his likes and dislikes, what kinds of things please him, what kinds of things don't please him. Organizations sometimes overtly, sometimes just instinctively will work hard on that issue. They want to understand his buying habits, right? Well, it would behoove us to really understand the ruler of the universe because he's involved in our lives. And we know that his, our heart, if it's the wrong place, are an abomination to him, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Isn't that, isn't that neat to at least understand that? Let's do something about it. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold, oh, this, is, this is a classic. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. Isn't that a gem of a proverb? Eloquent. It's got that sort of those elements to make it easy to remember. Now, can you think of an example? Boy, I sure can. Pick up, in fact, don't, but I was going to say pick up at your, news, at your checkout counter a copy of any one of the magazines that are tracking the celebrities of Hollywood. And here you have gals who are exquisitely beautiful that are totally without discretion. Have, it's, you, know, you want an example? Um, our entertainment industry, merchandise, merchandise examples of fair women, attractive women, who are without discretion. Their lives are tragic in every, in every respect. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that which holdeth more than is meat, but tendeth to poverty. And uh, it's interesting how there are people that um, uh, are very generous and they prosper. And there are people that are misers and they end up in poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, but he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. And you can't talk about this. You want a contrast here. Let me give you two contrasts. One is Nabal in 1 Samuel 30, uh, 25 that we talked about, where he denied just meager things for David and almost, you know, and his wife sort of bailed that situation out. But the point is Nabal, and, in, and the word in Hebrew means fool, by the way. But the other, the contrast example is Joseph in Egypt, where his leadership and his prime ministership of, uh, became virtually the ruler of the major empire of that, that world, and, and uh, by being a blessing to the entire nation. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, and he that seeketh mischief, it shall come up unto him. And there are lots of examples of that. He that trusteth in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Are the righteous trusting in riches? Of course not. I'm trusting in the Lord. 
That doesn't mean they won't be rich, but their trust isn't in the riches, it's in the Lord. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. The fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The inherit the wind, very tragic phrase. That phrase became the name of a very famous movie which is a totally deceitful movie. It purports to uh, uh, dramatize the Scopes trial. And, and uh, what it actually does is, is uh, gives a perverted presentation of that. People who've gone back and looked at the transcripts of that trial and so forth are shocked at how different the actual proceedings were in contrast to the way the movie portrays it. So just be aware of that. I don't get into all that here. A very, very deceitful movie, but strangely a very prophetic title. Because indeed, because of the Darwin thing, we are inheriting the wind. But uh, don't confuse that the use of that title with that movie as being a anywhere near accurate rendition of the Scopes trial, which it purports to do. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very misleading piece of drama. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs 11.30, very key thing. He that winneth souls is wise. You want to be in that camp. You want to be wise. By the time you get through Proverbs, you'll understand that you don't want to be a scorner, a, a, a fool, or a simple one. You want to be wise. And one of, the, one of the characteristics of the wise is that you have a burden for souls. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. They'll also be recompensed, but not the way they're expecting to be. And there is an inescapable appointment that the judgment day will come, the ultimate day of reckoning. Well, let's get through 12. Whoso liveth, loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. I don't think there's any surprises in any of these. It's just one of emphasis. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's again the building on stone rather than quicksand kind of model, if you will. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store or search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.